Have you ever wondered how and why two Italian plumber brothers climbed into a massive green pipe and warped to a psychedelic world known as the Mushroom Kingdom? Perhaps you scratched your head wondering why said brothers willingly ate mass quantities of giant mushrooms to double their body size and gain superpowers. I'm talking mushrooms the size of basketballs with eyes on them, found hidden inside floating bricks and coin blocks. Perhaps you were perfectly content with accepting all of this craziness, being that you, like me, were a child of the 80s. But now that you're older and took the much slower path to growing up, maybe you want to know the lore behind the mysteries of Nintendo's signature fantastical fungus. I know I do. Let's follow the Mario Brothers down the lime green rabbit hole into a unique world where a certain princess is always in need of rescue from a giant lizard turtle named Bowser. And mushrooms are always the rage. This is Video Game Lore. Welcome to Video Game Lore, the podcast where I plumb the depths of your favorite video games and uncover fascinating mythology behind the most beloved characters, magical items, and worlds. I'm your host and self-proclaimed ludologist, Matt Varish. Thank you for joining me. Today's episode is Mario's Magic Mushrooms. Nintendo's flagship series, Super Mario Brothers, needs no introduction, and it boasts some of the most popular video games ever created. From the early days when Mario was still known as Jumpman and Donkey Kong, to the legendary Super Mario Bros. 3, all the way to today's fantastic Super Mario Odyssey, the iconic mustache plumber played his way into the hearts of multiple generations of gamers. The series' titular character is known worldwide, and he and his brother, Luigi, have been stomping Koopas for nearly 40 years. Super Mario Bros. is synonymous with video games, and the industry owes it a genuine debt of gratitude. But I didn't come here today to heap praise upon Mario, deserved though it may be. I'm fairly certain that the world of podcasting already has that covered. Video game history and retro appreciation is in abundance, and I'm grateful for that. Gen Xers, Millennials, and even the hybrid Xennials came together in recognition of all things Pixels, and it's a wonderful thing. What I felt was missing from video game podcasting was an acknowledgement of the lore and mythology behind these wonderful pastimes. And for my first episode, I decided to pay homage to the Super Mario Brothers Mushroom. But before I launch into this episode, I have a confession. I hate mushrooms. I can't stand the smell of them and their flavor makes me gag. The mere thought of them grazing the surface of a pizza makes me nauseous. But when it comes to Super Mario Brothers, I can't get enough of them. I spent a good portion of my youth seeking out mushroom power-ups to further myself through a multitude of Super Mario Brothers games. NES, Game Boy, SNES, N64, you name it. I probably played it. So why dedicate my first episode to the mushroom, you might ask? The answer is simple. Super Mario Brothers is based in the Mushroom Kingdom. Nearly everything in the series is tied to the famous fungal fruit. Also, mushrooms have deep roots in mythology, and I'm going to discuss their significance in Japan as well as their connection to other cultures. But first, I'd like to give you a little video game history lesson. I'll remind you of the series' origins and then list a dizzying array of mystical mushrooms and characters in the aptly named kingdom. Mario not only collects and eats a curious variety of mushrooms to gain unique powers, but he also battles with a familiar toadstool baddie. And speaking of toadstools and or toads, let's not forget a certain princess and her loyal attendant. She may have later become Peachy, 
but her surname origin lies with our mushroom of note. A little bit of history. According to the father of modern video games, Shigeru Miyamoto, in a 2005 interview with Business Week, he stated that Mario wasn't always intended to be able to change his size. He was supposed to stay in his larger form at all times. However, gameplay issues made that difficult, so they had to get creative. Quote, Mario ended up being too big, so we shrank him. Then we thought, what if he can grow and shrink? How would he do that? It would have to be a magic mushroom. Where would a mushroom grow? In a forest. We thought of giving Mario a girlfriend, and then we started talking about Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. Lewis Carroll's seminal novel about a young girl named Alice who falls down a rabbit hole into a subterranean fantasy world populated by peculiar anthropomorphic creatures. This is the very story where she eats magic mushrooms in order to greatly change her size. Miyamoto recanted his quote a few years later by saying, It seems that there was some misunderstanding. It's since been stated that I was influenced by Alice in Wonderland. That isn't the case. It's just that there has always somehow been a relationship between mushrooms and magical realms. That's why I decided Mario would need a mushroom to become Super Mario. Huh. Which is true. Maybe both. To start with, I figured I would use the Alice in Wonderland theory to seg into the Super Mushroom. This is without a doubt the most familiar and iconic of all the power-ups in the series. With its bright red cap, large white spots, and oblong black eyes on its stalk face, the Super Mushroom is the very first item players encounter in Super Mario Bros. for the NES. But it didn't always look this way. In fact, it was originally red and orange, and without eyes. The Super Mushroom is nearly the same size as mini or regular Mario, and when he touches it, eats it, absorbs it, whatever method he uses to collect said mushroom, he grows to twice his size, or roughly the height of Princess Toadstool, affording him the ability to break blocks. It was originally supposed to be named the Magic Mushroom, though Nintendo decided that wasn't such a good idea since that's also the street name for the psilocybin mushroom, a type of hallucinogenic drug. Maybe that's why Shigeru Miyamoto distanced himself from using Alice in Wonderland as a direct inspiration. That's odd to me since the Super Mushroom is based off a very real mushroom known as the Fly Agaric. More on that later. The Super Mushroom's place is firmly cemented in Super Mario lore. Some of its companion shrooms are nearly as recognizable, like the green and white 1-Up Mushroom which gave Mario an extra life, and the sinister Purple Poison Mushroom which acted as its namesake. Later titles added other bizarre varieties with obvious abilities, such as the Mega, Mini, Boo, Bee, Spring, Propeller, and Rock Mushrooms. Some mushrooms even gain sentience, like the adorably evil Goomba. The Goomba is a brown shiitake mushroom with angry googly eyes, two large fangs pointing up and out of its frown, and two little coffee bean feet to help us slowly attack Mario. This particular enemy is an edible and does the bidding of Bowser, also known as King Koopa. Fortunately for Mario, Goombas are easy to defeat by simply jumping on their heads. Contrary to the villainous efforts of the Goomba, Toad, named after the Toadstool, and his mushroom people faithfully serve the princess in maintaining the kingdom. Toad's overly large head strongly resembles the Super Mushroom with an added mouth. His feet mirror that of the Goombas, and the squat, vest-wearing torso in between gives him a humanoid appearance. Toad himself personally serves Princess Toadstool as her attendant and occasionally aids Mario in his quests. And while Princess Peach Toadstool may not be one of the mushroom people, she is their beloved regent, even though her incredibly reclusive father, 
the Mushroom King, is actually the one in charge of the kingdom. I only learned of his existence while doing this research. The Mushroom Kingdom is a rainbow of color, splendor, and lush landscapes, though it tends to morph in size and diversity between games. It typically houses plains, deserts, islands, forests, mountains, tundras, and volcanoes. That about sums up all the notable mushrooms in the Super Mario Bros. series. What I'd like to do is tie the Super Mario series back to its roots in human mythology. So, without further ado, let's explore the lore. Mushrooms have a deep and celebrated, and sometimes controversial, history in ancient cultures and mythology. Everything mushroom in the Super Mario games is based on something real or thought to be real. Case in point, the Super Mushroom is directly based on Amanita muscaria, or the fly agaric. While not nearly as massive as its video game counterpart, Amanita muscaria does share a noticeable resemblance. Both are toadstools, a rounded poisonous mushroom, and have large red caps with distinct white spots. Only one, however, has eyes to see. That being said, Amanita muscaria does have my C-lium in place of sight. Get it? Yeah, it's a terrible joke. Sorry. This is arguably the most iconic of our mushrooms, as it is commonly seen in nature and depicted in popular culture. Amanita muscaria, however, does not grant superpowers, nor does it offer a generous growth spurt. In fact, it should not be consumed at all, as it is poisonous, unless parboiled to detoxify for consumption. If you see one while out exploring a temperate forest, think of Mario's purple poisonous mushroom instead. While chances of dying are slim to none, if ingested, this toxic toadstool can cause hallucinations, nausea, twitchiness, auditory and visual distortions, mood changes, euphoria, and loss of equilibrium. And if you decide to stare King Koopa in the face and eat a dozen of these mushrooms, you should seek immediate medical attention. You may be in store for some activated charcoal and or receive a stomach pumping. Amanita muscaria might have psychoactive uses in some cultures, like the notion the Vikings ate them to produce their berserker rages before battle, but I definitely do not recommend partaking in such activities. And that leads me to an unusual story, a tale just as fantastical as the Mushroom Kingdom itself. It has to do with another fictional figure who wore red. Both have facial hair, but this person rides in a sleigh pulled by eight tiny reindeer. Kris Kringle, Father Christmas, Saint Nicholas himself. The origin of Santa Claus begins with none other than the shamans from a Tungusic people known as the Evenki. The Evenki were predominantly hunter-gatherers whose survival depended upon the health and vitality of reindeer. They lived in the frigid Siberian and Arctic regions and gifted the locals with hallucinogenic mushrooms in late December. Seeing as how heavy snow would typically block doors into homes, these shamans, dressed in red garb covered in white spots, sound familiar? They would ascend the tops of teepees and climb down through the chimney openings to deliver their dried and potent goods to expectant recipients. The divine goods were none other than our friend the Amanita muscaria, which the Evenki ate. And it seemed the reindeer loved to eat them as well. The connection between reindeer, the mushroom, and the shaman is apparent. The sensation of flying. The shamans would see themselves flying as well as their reindeer in order to leave this world and interact with the spirits. Pretty trippy. It's easy to see how the story morphed into the modern Santa we all know and love today. Minus the hallucinations, of course. But what about mushrooms in other cultures? Folklore in Colombia and Venezuela depict large creatures known as the Cayeri. The Cayeri are humanoid in appearance with a yellow or green mushroom hat 
and they feed exclusively on cows. They are known to cause all sorts of evil and are difficult to kill. Only a bone-tipped arrow shot in their kidneys can stop them. Once dead, they turn to stone. Ancient Egyptians believed mushrooms had a special connection with the gods. According to them, wild mushrooms were the sons of the gods, sent to earth by lightning. Therefore, only the pharaohs were allowed to eat them. Ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs reveal that pharaohs thought mushrooms were sacred herbs that you could consume to become immortal. Ancient Greeks were less enthusiastic about mushrooms. They feared mushrooms and considered them dangerous because they were poisonous. In ancient Roman civilization, despite culinary appreciation, mushrooms became a symbol of death. However, not all mushrooms cause hallucination or death. Quite the contrary, mushrooms are beloved the world over, especially in the mushroom kingdom. The super mushroom gives Mario super strength and the ability to grow twice his size. The one-up mushroom gives Mario an extra life, quite useful when he dies. And boy, does he die a lot. Real mushrooms may not imbue us with such spectacular abilities, but they do help in medicine. Psilocybin, the active ingredient found in magic mushrooms or shrooms, is a powerful psychedelic which has shown promise in treating depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, smoking, alcohol and cocaine addiction, cluster headaches, and cancer-related or other end-of-life psychological distress. Now, none of this has been approved by the FDA, so don't go into your backyard or local park and start munching on random mushrooms. Unless, of course, you correctly locate some morels in the springtime. Those are supposedly a delicacy, but you'll never catch me eating them. Yuck. And thus concludes our little journey into the world of mushrooms, both real and digital. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed researching it. Discovering the lore behind the Amanita Muscario is quite a trip. Pun intended. When the weather around here finally warms up, I plan on hunting for some to see them in their wild habitat, typically underneath evergreens. I don't expect I'll see any eyes attached to them, nor will I bump into Gargamel as he continues his never-ending quest to find Smurfs. Did you know that those elusive, magic, little blue humanoids lived inside mushroom houses with roofs that just happened to be, you guessed it, Amanita muscarias? Well, now you do. Thank you for listening to this episode of Video Game Lore. If you liked what you heard, I implore you to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. I would truly appreciate the gesture. Video Game Lore is brought to you by Night Apple Creations, a multimedia production company from the minds of yours truly and Stephanie Varish. It specializes in books, art, videos, and audio. Stop on by and have a look around at nightapplecreations.com. Thanks again, and until next time, when I provide for you some more lore on your favorite video games, keep on playing. I'm Matt Varish, and this is Video Game Lore.